Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of First Chronicles. Chapter 28. Here's Pastor Ryan. Uh, First Chronicles chapter 28. And give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we come before you again just so grateful for all that you've done and all that you're doing, Lord. You are the God of Israel, the maker of heaven and earth, Lord, the mountains, the oceans, and all the living creatures. And you made us, Lord, that we might know you and follow you and worship you and live for you, Lord. And tonight we're just so grateful that we have you and that you've given us this place and you've brought us into this family of God. We ask as we study your word, Lord, that you would give us understanding, give us direction. Lord, you know where we're at tonight, the struggles, the the cares, the anxieties, Lord, we just pray that you would comfort us, Holy Spirit, God of all comfort, and just lead us, Lord. Lead us beside your still waters so we can receive your living word and change us, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so in our story, 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 28, we're getting to the end of it. One more chapter after this. But King David is finished with his preparations for the temple and uh, will instruct Solomon in this chapter uh, about the temple to build it and to build it with the strength of God. So that's the transition is happening. Uh, It's uh, towards the end of David's life and he desired to build God a, a temple as you know. But the Lord said no because he was a man of war and he had shed blood. But God was so blessed that he wanted to do so. And so he promised that the Messiah would come through his lineage, that his throne will know no end. And so it's now, uh, we're getting into Solomon's time. And so we begin in verse 1. It says, Now David assembled at Jerusalem, All the leaders of Israel, the officers of the tribes, and the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands, the captains over uh, hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and the possessions of the king and of his sons, with the officials, the uh, valiant men, and all the mighty men of valor. And so all of the men, uh, all the leaders were gathered in Jerusalem because this is a momentous occasion. The temple is prepared to be built, but now he's going to give the instruction to his son, and he wants all the leaders of Israel to be there. And you could imagine why Uh, there's going to be a transfer of the kingdom, the transfer of power. And so when he addresses Solomon, he wants all the leaders to be there as to affirm Solomon's new position as king, right? So it's, it's just a wonderful, um, practical way of a kingdom transferring from one king to the next. And so um, that's why he's doing it. But what's 
awesome to me is again it's mentioned here that it's the men of valor that are there the mighty men of god and uh as i was meditating over uh this text again i'm so blessed when when you know that word valor and mighty men is mentioned i I read those sentences and I and I and I just say, Lord, may that be me, and and not just me as a man, but maybe my brothers and my sisters. You can be a mighty a woman of God, a woman of valor as well. This is not just applying to men, but it's something that I get blessed to to read. The word valor <clears throat> it means courage, it means boldness in as in battle, uh, bravery strength of mind in resisting fear and braving danger bravery especially courage and skill in fighting valor means value and worth beautiful isn't it those are things that my goodness that's what i want to be lord for you i want to be you know of value and of worth i want to have bravery uh under under danger and uh, you know one that perseveres through when the going gets tough amen Amen. there's that wonderful verse in first corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 that's first corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 and i like the king james version it says this watch ye stand fast in the faith Quit you like men, be strong. I like that. Quit you like men, be strong. We hear the word quit and we think of quitting, right? I mean, what do we know about quit? quit the word quit in the old English sense. But in the old English sense, it means the opposite of quitting. It, it means to be blameless or to be innocent. And so quit you like men, uh, translated in, in our you know, uh, English today would say, show yourself as a man. Show oneself a man. Show oneself a man. Show oneself a man of valor. Show oneself a woman of valor, right? It can be for all of us. But the encouragement in the Bible is for us to be Christians of valor, Christians of bravery, Christians who uh, keep going when the going gets tough. It's not a popular uh, subject today in many circles and churches today, um, but that's okay. We're not checking the popularity of a subject to preach on it or to teach on it. As we go through the scriptures, we're going to teach whatever the Lord would have us to learn in his word. But we want to be this kind of Christian that is brave and courageous. Those who follow God bravely, we don't want to quit when the going gets tough, but we want to get going in what the Lord commands us to do. We don't want to quit. We want to get going in the things that God has commanded us to do. And everyone in this room, no matter where we're at with God, we all have some level of responsibility that God has given us. Moms, dad, siblings, kids, whatever, God, husbands, wives, grandparents, all of us, this book tells us, commands us how to live, how we ought to live in our singleness, in our marriages, in church, 
uh, with our jobs and our businesses, all of it, we, we are instructed by the Lord to live a certain way. And to sum it up, it's to live by faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. Faith to do what God has commanded you to do, no matter what, how hard it is, no matter the struggle, no matter who goes with you or who doesn't go with you. To be a, a man or woman of God of valor is one that will follow Jesus Christ no matter how tough things get. There's that verse in Proverbs, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 6. It says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? It's easy for us guys and gals to, to kind of, you know, think that we're okay. Think that when the going gets tough as a Christian, we're going to keep on believing, we're going to keep on going. Or, or to think that, that we're in a spot that's okay. That, Lord, you know, this message is for someone else, it's not me. You know, every day, God tests the hearts. And every day, uh, our, our flesh, the devil, uh, this world, wants to cripple us with fear wants to cripple us with doubts, wants to produce hopelessness instead of hope and faith. And so we need to be those who are strong in the Lord. The modern term snowflake, and it doesn't mean a snowflake, right? Like literally. The modern term snowflake is used to describe some, and I mean some because there's very brave and tough millennials, but it, it's used to describe some millennials who at the first sign of any hardship or uncomfortability or disappointment or difference of opinion or perceived injustice will quit, will hide, will complain, will protest or throw a tantrum. This snowflake attitude must not infiltrate the church. God calls us to be tough and to persevere and to act like men if we're men or to act like women if we're women, women of God. Valor, brave, strong. You know, I'm thinking about the men's retreat because we're heading towards it. There's, you know, 90 dudes going. Thank God, right? Praise the Lord. Most of them are coming from our church. Praise the Lord. I, I commend you men. Whenever these things come up, you know, you, it's challenging for all men within the body of Christ. And I believe it's challenging because at these retreats, there's so much shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder rubbing and edifying one another of the men. There's so much iron sharpening iron happening that the devil knows that's going to happen and will do anything to dissuade, discourage men from going. And there are legitimate excuses. Don't get me wrong. I worked, you know, 19 and a half years for Caltrans. I worked graveyard shifts, swing shifts, day shifts, crazy shifts. I had good bosses, bad bosses. I couldn't always get the time off. But I was always challenged by God to go to my boss's office and say, I need that time off because I'm a Christian and because my church is having a retreat. And as I worked throughout the years before I became a minister, I always tried to be at those retreats. But there's excuses that may not be so valid. Like not even asking. Thinking, well, I never get the time off. Well, we serve a big God. 
who has the king's heart in his hand, who can change it like the rivers of water, go ask again. They walked around the walls of Jericho seven times. Go ask again. Oh, well, you know, I don't really know anybody. I'm kind of new to the church. Well, when I was a young believer, I went to my first retreat knowing absolutely nobody. I think I've shared the story before. I called Calvary Chapel Golden Springs and said, I'm new to the faith. I don't have one Christian friend, but I need to go to this retreat to see what God would say to my heart. And they had some, like, some deacon ride me in his car. I met him that morning and went up to the mountain. I don't know where I was going, but there I was at my first retreat. Jesus saves us to take us on his, his paths, his journeys, his retreats, his conferences, his churches that he wants us to be at. He does. He has a plan. If you believe that God is moving. I think that God is not meandering about. I think he knows what he's doing. When he puts it on the pastor's heart to open up a retreat for Sweet Hills. We found the most amazing spot. It is so stunningly beautiful. I feel bad for the sisters. You guys will have the next one. But I can assure you about the men. We ain't doing this again this year. It's once a year. And the last time we planned this, this, this scamdemic hit and, and shut it all down. So it's been years since we've had a retreat. We had the little camp out, but that was just, that was a little, you know, biscuit or cookie this is the real thing it's healthy for men to be around men so that we can remember to be tough i know what it's like to be married and happy i've gained about 30 pounds since i've been married i am happy and i eat too much so going to this thing i'm thinking i can't go up there all soft with all those guys so we're, I'm trying to hit it, hit the weights, hit the jogging, watch what you eat, get strong. Because for such a time as this, the retreat is there to inspire all of us men to be strong again, to be tough again. And um, so I encourage all the wives here, don't mommy your husbands if you do. I mean, hey, I, I, I appreciate a good mommying from my wife. <laughs> right who's who's the biggest baby the husbands are wives when they're sick yeah the husbands right we get all, we become babies but you know what these things remind us to be men of valor now i know that uh in to some it's the sleeping arrangements my goodness we've gone that we've gone that far but to actually i would go but I have sleep apnea. I have a machine like Darth Vader. I don't like dudes that snore. I want to sleep well as well, good too. But imagine if, you know what, if I, if I use that excuse, like we won't have retreats because I, I can't bear sleeping in a bunkhouse. We are being challenged by the Lord, men, every day and being searched out by God. You think about the Lord in Matthew 8, verse 18. Let's turn there because, you know, I like it when, when he says it. 
straight out. Matthew 8, verse 18, it says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. How about that? Oh, I'll follow you anywhere. Jesus says, are you sure about that? Because I don't have a place to sleep the way the foxes do. Are you sure about that? Because unlike the birds, I don't have a nest to lay my head. The retreat is cabins. There's beds. There's heaters. There's running water. There's restrooms. It's time to go up there and, and do this if we believe God's on the move. Or is this the community center and a social club and it's just something we can say no to on the schedule? We can't say no, but I'm here to challenge people. If you look at Timothy and the role of a pastor, my role is to speak to the old men, the young men, the old sisters, and the younger sisters, which I'll never call old sisters again. (laughs) Be brave. Brave and, and dumb are two different things, and so I, that was. But you know what I mean. I'm not, to all ages in the church, the older men are, are 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 called by God to teach the younger men to be sober, how to how to behave correctly. You know, God doesn't say you know do that in a classroom setting, old men. He says, as you are around them, well, when are we going to be around them? We finally get the chance and we're going to say no because we won't be uncomfortable for two nights. Anyways, that's what the Lord was speaking in my heart about. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. But what a verse he said. I'll follow you anywhere. Oh, sure, well, it may be rough where you sleep sometimes. How's out? How's that? You know, some, you, sometimes we just got to take a walk in the woods to remember what it was like for the fathers. Abraham, did he just sleep in a tent in his 50s? No, he lived, what was it, 120 years old, something like that, 120? Did he not live in a tent his whole life? My goodness. And the Feast of, of Tabernacles, I say it again. Remember from which, where you came from. Because when we first gave our life to Jesus Christ, we said, oh, in tears, I'll follow you anywhere. But at, over the years, we all get laxed. And so it's our job to read the word, look at God, and, 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 and say, you know, he'll give, he's given me 363 other days to sleep in my bed. I'll give him two. And what does he say to the disciples? Blessed are you who have left lands and family for my name's sake, for you will receive, you know, you know, so many fold in this life and in the next. Yeah, I want to stay home with Clarissa too, but there's something more important for me to, to do. It's to preach the truth of Jesus Christ up there and to give the guys my time. 
and I want to, and I want their time, and I want to hear their stories, and I want to get to know them better, and I want our church to be strong because the Bible says, you know, that we are to endeavor to keep the unity of the brethren, endeavoring, fighting for it because the enemy wants to tear this church apart from from top to bottom, and we need to be together. And after these trips, it's always the same. My gosh, I'm glad I went. And if money is an issue, I get that money was was an issue for me many years in my life. And, you know, the church is, is blessed. And, you know, if you can pay half, if you can pay part, but don't let that keep you. Don't let the pride of that keep you away. Come. God is speaking. Hebrews 12, must I say that even more? Verse 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Bible says to look to Jesus, but also look to the fathers who went before you. All of, of Hebrews 11 is talking about people who died for the faith, sawed in sunder in half, really struggled and were, were martyred for the Lord. And then on top of that, he goes, now look at Jesus. Look at how he suffered. Lest any of you be discouraged in, in, in the walk that you have with Christ. I don't want to be a snowflake. I want to be strong. And it's not strong in my own strength. It's the Lord's strength. I'm weak every single day of my life. But his strength is there for a reason. His strength is there for the taking to those who say, Lord, in spite of my weakness, will you just strengthen me so that I do what you want me to do and stop making excuses. But if you watch the TV all day long and you read and you're, it's all about what the news and the world says, it's all snowflake stuff. Everyone, everyone is, is wounded so easily. And I don't think we should be so sensitive concerning ourselves, but we should be sensitive to one another. Be sensitive to your brother and sister's needs, but don't be so sensitive that, oh, you know, it's like, oh, damsels in distress. No. Women like Deborah in the Bible. You know, men like Gideon and everybody else. All those clouds of witness are saying, I know the temptation to fear. I know the temptation to quit. We were there. And we're watching you from heaven. Hang in there. Follow our example. It sure was uncomfortable for Sarah and Abraham on the floor. I am milking the topic of, of valor, I understand. Chapter 28. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. And he had made and had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, you shall not build a house for my name because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, for he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And so here he's he's retelling the story of how he wanted to bless God with the temple, but God said no. You know, it wasn't like he had did something wrong in his wars and in his and in him 
killing all those soldiers and armies. God, he was God's instrument to do so. A, but when it came to God's house, God wanted a man of peace. So his son, who did not know war, would do that. But what's beautiful about God's rejection of King David is, is here he's saying, yeah, he said no to me, but on the brighter side, he chose me to be king out of my father's house over his people, right? God said no, but look at how I was blessed as king. That's a good way of dealing with rejection, isn't it, as Christians? Because God will say no to some of our prayers. God will say no to some of our requests in life. No. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.